Chapter Twelve of the Blue Aunt. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording by Elaine Conway. The Blue Aunt by Eliza Orne White. Chapter Twelve Jim and the Orphans jim admired his father more than any other man in the whole world and he was never so happy as when they went for a walk on sunday afternoon especially when they took what jim called a real man's walk which was too long for his mother and evelyn sometimes aunt hilda went with them but much as he liked her he preferred having his father all to himself he wanted to grow up just like his father and he imitated many of his ways he wished he had a pair of those big round spectacles his father wore with the dark rims to them but he had once tried them on and they made everything look so small that he found they would be of no use to him it was because of his devotion to his father that jim was so stirred up over the fatherless children of france i'd like to go and kill all the people who killed the orphans fathers he said one day to his aunt hilda if you did there would be another set of fatherless children she said it is one of the sad facts of war that such things have to be and the worst of it is he went on gloomily that even if the war lasts six years i shan't be nearly a fighting age then and i am so afraid this will be the last war and i'll never get a chance to fight we are fighting to make it the last war dear we want all the nations of the world to be like one big family with the stronger ones looking out for the little ones just as you took care of evelyn that day on the railroad track i'm so glad you want to help me with my orphans can you speak french as well as you speak english he asked not quite as well but you see i lived in france till i was seven my father was half french so i love france as i love no other country except america jim was eager to earn money for the cause but his father was too busy with food control meetings and the liberty loan in addition to his large law practice to have time to make any suggestions and his aunt hilda went off for a week's visit just at this time then one day a bright idea came to him he thought of it one friday in the middle of school and he could hardly wait for his lessons to be over as they were walking home together he confided the plan to his friend charlie norcross i'm going to pick some of our fruit and sell it for the benefit of the french orphans gee that's great said charlie charlie lived in the third story of an apartment house so the idea appealed to him strongly i'm sure mother'd like to buy some of your grapes and peaches he said she's just crazy about making jellies and preserves and the fruit costs so much at the stores but i'll have to charge a big price if it is for the orphans jim said in his father's best manner that's all right mother said she supposed she'd have to give something to the orphans and in this way she'd have the fruit too 
jim's father and mother went off friday afternoon to be gone until monday morning it was the anniversary of their wedding day and they always celebrated it by doing something together without the children and as their aunt hilda was still away there was no one to ask about the fruit i won't mention it to anne and catherine said jim we'll just steal into the garden when they are not looking just as if we were bad boys and we'll get all we want before they see us i'm sure father and mother won't mind they are so crazy over the orphans charlie was not at all sure of this but the prospect of feasting on the delicious peaches and grapes was too much for him and so early saturday morning he appeared with a fruit basket ready for the occasion the boys stole down into the garden with hector following at their heels they had one narrow escape for the ashman looked at them suspiciously when they were picking the peaches but jim called out cheerily it's just me jim west won't you have a peach so the ashman supposed it was all right please don't tell anne and catherine what we are doing said jim we are going to sell the fruit for the benefit of the fatherless children of france mother and father are keen about them but anne and catherine might not understand mum is the word said the ashman and jim felt he could be depended on it was a beautiful basket of fruit with grapes and peaches arranged by charlie who had a good deal of taste they are just samples said charlie people can order more i don't think we've made the grape jelly yet said jim doubtfully mrs norcross was in the kitchen when the boys arrived she did all her own work except the washing and ironing and she cooked delicious things there was a smell of something frying which appealed to jim here's a doughnut for each of you said mrs norcross as she took two from a pile that had just come hot off the stove gee i'm glad i came here said jim as he took a large bite out of the doughnut mrs norcross had on a long blue and white chet apron with sleeves that covered her up and her pretty hair was almost as golden as evelyn's jim had never seen a prettier grown person it did seem a shame to make her pay for the fruit when she had been so kind about the doughnuts and mrs norcross was one of the friends to whom his mother sometimes sent fruit as a present i've brought you round a little of our fruit he said we thought maybe you'd like some mrs norcross did not know that the older people were away so she supposed mrs west had sent the basket of fruit thank you mother very much how daintily she always arranges things said mrs norcross as she handed jim another doughnut we are taking orders mother the benefit of the french orphans said charlie do you care to order any grapes for jelly yes i should be very glad of a peck if you can spare as many jim's face fell for he loved grape jelly he had not intended to sell all the grapes i'll give you a little something to start with said mrs norcross 
as she handed half a dollar to jim and another to charlie then she went into the next room and brought out a little notebook and a pencil at the top of the first page she wrote for the benefit of the french orphans and also jim's name and charlie's and at each of their names she wrote her own and the amount she had given madeleine b norcross fifty cents if you write anything down you won't get mixed up about money you can keep the pencil she said what a clever idea of your father's to let you earn money in this way jim was about to say about the great idea was his own but charlie made signs to him mother's awful particular he said as they went down the steps of the apartment house maybe she'd think there was something wrong if she knew it was your plan he was very anxious to secure the grapes before any investigation was made the boys stopped at a grocer's to find out what the market price of grapes was and charlie borrowed a peck measure for one of grocer's children was in the same class with jim and himself at the public school mrs norcross paid them the market price for the grapes and a few cents over and said she would make the jelly that very afternoon for she had the good luck to have plenty of sugar and people said sugar was going to be scarce jim was very much disappointed about the grapes for they had had to take all there were to fill the order except two bunches which they ate themselves and he was not at all sure how the family would feel when they saw the bare vines there were not enough peaches to sell in any quantity and the apples were not ripe yet so after dinner jim and charlie arranged a basket of peaches and charlie printed a sign on the piece of cardboard peaches for sale for the benefit of the french orphans five to ten cents a peach a good cause be generous he was not sure about the spelling but he thought it wiser not to ask either anne or catherine i think if we go where nobody knows us it will be more fun he said and they went down a side street anne and catherine thought jim was at charlie's house and mrs norcross was quite at ease about charlie so no one was worried the side street was very pleasant for it overlooked a small park and there were many women and children sunning themselves on the benches in the park several of them were taking care of babies in baby carriages gee said charlie there's our chance nobody seemed to have heard about the french orphans but when jim told them all he knew they seemed very much impressed most of the women had no money with them but one of them left her baby carriage in charge of a friend and crossed over to her house she came back with a quarter of a dollar and said she supposed she could have six peaches then she gave them to the different women and children she knew keeping one for herself charlie wanted to enter her contribution in his book she said oh never mind about my name say from a friend let's go and ask other people for fruit said charlie when the last peach was sold judge baxter has a dandy garden 
they would never miss some of their apples they'd let us have a few i know they were passing nancy's house at the time and who should be skipping up the steps but evelyn in a pink cotton gown and a pink sweater jim thought he had never seen so sweet a picture she's a peach said charlie and indeed she did look like one with her pink cheeks and pink frock against the back of the door which was as green as the leaves of a peach come on evie and help us out said charlie we are selling fruit for the orphans if you go up to the baxter's house and ask if you can have some apples i'm sure nobody can resist you i'll get nancy to come with me oh we don't want nancy the boy said hastily they had to go to the grocer's and borrow two large baskets and the boys waited at the foot of the garden while evelyn went to the baxter's house she was a little frightened after she had pulled the doorbell a pleasant-looking maid in a black dress and a white apron came to the door could i see mrs baxter asked evelyn mrs baxter is out will you leave a message with me evelyn looked so sweet that the maid wanted to hug and kiss her for she had little sisters at home is judge baxter in asked evelyn no he's out too i guess you'll just do as well it's about the orphans the orphans yes the french ones my father he's mr west the lawyer is getting money for them and my brother james west jr is helping him he'd like just a little fruit to sell for them why doesn't he come up and speak for himself instead of sending a baby like you i don't know he and charlie norcross are down in the garden the pleasant young maid went along the garden walk with evelyn i'm sure judge barster would not mind you having a few of his early apples she said but not those great baskets full she sat down on a bench to watch the boys you can pick up all the windfalls you find on the ground she told them as they were walking home charlie said let's go right back and fill our baskets with the good apples from the trees that wouldn't be fair said jim she was so nice i'd hate to get her into trouble she told us we could have some apples said charlie it is for the good of the cause we can never sell these old windfalls except to the poor and they can't give us much for them i'm sure judge baxter would be glad to give them to us he's such a great friend of your father's and when my father was alive he was in his office they had a wonderful luck in getting away without being caught jim felt very mean but he comforted himself with thinking about the french orphans and evelyn enjoyed the adventure whatever jim did was right in her eyes they sold all their apples and nobody asked too many questions and when they counted up their money at the end of the day they had the big sum of five dollars and sixteen cents as they left the borrowed baskets at the grocer's charlie said let's go into the drug store and get three sodas and a stick of candy with the sixteen cents and the money will come out just even it isn't our money said jim 
We've got to pay ourselves for our time and work, said Charlie. Sixteen cents is very little to take for such a hard day's work. This reasoning appealed to Evelyn, who had never had a glass of soda water. The children were hot and tired, and the soda water looked very delicious. They saw people sitting on stools and sipping glasses of it. Jim still felt a little doubtful. But Charlie, who was older than Jim and had charge of the money, went in and ordered three glasses of soda water. What flavours do you want? he asked. Can I have strawberry? said Evelyn, with shining eyes. I'll take chocolate, said Jim, and Charlie chose pineapple. The fizzy soda water made Evelyn cough. She spilled a little on the white guimp of her pink frock. She was sorry she had chosen strawberry, for it made such a bright stain that Anne would be sure to notice it. They spent the other cent in buying a long stick of candy, which they divided in three pieces. Jim and Evelyn were tired but happy when they got home. It had been a wonderful day. Evelyn West, where have you been? Anne asked as the two children came into the house. You were so late, I telephoned to Mrs. Merrifield's, and I found you weren't there, and I've been telephoning all over the neighbourhood about you. She was safe with me, said Jim, with dignity. I guess I can look after my little sister. You bad boy! I don't know what you've been up to. I telephoned to Mrs. Norcross, thinking Evelyn might be there with you and I found that you weren't, either of you there. Come, now, you may as well tell me. Where on earth have you been? Jim was a truthful boy, but this seemed one of the times when uh, silence was golden. To quote a favourite phrase of his father's, he did not answer. Evelyn West, what have you been up to? Anne asked. Evelyn did not want to get Jim into trouble. Jim saw me going to Nancy's house, she said, and so I went on a little walk with him. Where did you walk to? Anne asked sternly. And what is that pink spot on your guimp? A pink spot? Evelyn asked, opening her brown eyes wide. Why should there be a pink spot? How funny! Just then Catherine came in and she said in distress, what do you suppose has happened? Some of those bad village boys has got in and stolen all our grapes and the best of the peaches. I thought the grapes would not be ripe enough to use until next week, so I didn't pick them. Now I wished I had, the little rascals. They say they are going to make an example of them and take them into court. I'm as sure as I can be of anything that it was those Maloney twins. Jim was feeling more and more uncomfortable. I'm sure it wasn't the Maloney's, he said. I feel terribly. I ought to have gone down into the garden. But Hector was out there, and I thought he'd bark if any stranger came, and I was busy cleaning my room. I haven't had a chance to do it since I got home. Your father loves those grapes and peaches, as he loves his eye-teeth, said Anne. I just tremble to think what he'll say when he gets home. End of chapter 12